This podcast is a resource of givinglight.org. You're listening to episode 23 of the Giving Light Devotional Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking with Rebecca Hilton on what it means to be adopted into the family of God. Now, before we get into that, Rebecca, let us know who you are, what you've been up to, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, I am so honored to be a part of this podcast. I know that I've listened to every single one of them thus far, and wow. I've gotten—I have. Yeah, how about that? Not when they come out. I kind of group them all together. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Don't be, you know. <laughs> group them up into their, their title sections, but— okay. But they have really resonated with me, uh, and I've even used some of the topics, you know, to to influence, you know, where I work. And so, uh, basically, I work in the hotel hospitality industry in human resources. I mainly deal with recruitment, and I also deal with training, which is my passion. I mm-hmm. love seeing people being all that they were called to be, and I especially love equipping believers to be kingdom influencers in their sphere of influence. So today you wanted to talk to us about adoption and sonship. I'm always fascinated about why and when and how spiritual revelation comes. So why don't you start talking about why you believe believe God's been stirring this truth of adoption and sonship in your heart. Yeah, so this topic has really been burning on my heart for a long time, and lately I've had a little bit more time on my hands to really uh, delve into— Quarantine time, right? Yeah, pretty much quarantine time, uh, which God has been able to help me (laughs) uh, get through that, but uh, I've been able to really delve into tons of Scripture verses and a lot of different things uh, according to this topic, and honestly— Honestly, uh, it's something that was burning for a long time, uh, that I think everyone has a hunger and a desire to be all that God has called them to be, plus to know who they are and whose they are. Now, sonship and adoption, that's a very personal truth. So how has this truth affected your life? You know, it's only been a while since I've kind of wrapped up, I guess, so to speak, the study of this. I think that I will always be learning and Mm -hmm. always be finding more nuggets and more truths. But in this short amount of time, it has impacted me in so many ways. Like I have been delivered. I've been set free from just some struggles that I've had for as long as I can remember. Wow. Wow, that's really, really, really awesome. Uh, I, I truly believe that every true revelation must be founded in the Word of God. So what does the Word of God have to say about uh, adoption and sonship? There's many, many, many scripture verses when it talks about being children of God and sonship, but uh, there's one that's that's very popular that I want to talk about, and that's really Romans 8, 14 uh, through 17, and it says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. We don't have to live in fear. No. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And some translations say spirit of sonship, spirit of adoption. 
And really, that was referring to the full legal standing of an adopted male heir in Roman culture. Uh, So it's really about that adoption. And it's where we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You are a child of God. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Let that sink in. We are co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. Now, another scripture verse uh, that I want to bring up is Galatians 3, 26 through 29. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ. Basically saying when you're a child of God, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, slave or free. If you're a child of God, you have all the rights. And also we are Abram's seed, Abraham's seed, and heirs according to his promise. So that's a good line of history right there that we have all the all of those promises. Now adoption, that's an interesting word to use. Was adoption common during those times of Jesus? Oh my goodness, it was absolutely common and you guys this will blow you away. It it blew me away when I was doing research on this, you know, and I was get digging into it. It was like the scripture verses then jumped off the page when I read it. And so, you know, in ancient Rome, adoption was common practice. You okay. see, you see, there was a father, and the father was called a paterfamilias, and he was the father of the family. It was the oldest living male in that household. Uh, they were the core of the family, you know. Uh, and then under the father was a wife and children, and then under them, slaves and their children. And basically, the father ran the show. There. Their responsibility was to maintain and further the family name and the family history. Okay. And so what happened is when a baby was born into this world, if the infant survived childbirth, because obviously during those times there was a high mortality rate with with, uh, babies. So if the infant survived childbirth, it was placed on the floor to be inspected by the Potter Familius, by the father, who was tasked with the decision. So he had a choice whether or not to accept the child into the family. Hmm. I know. Uh, And so if the father lifted up the child, that was a ceremonial acceptance into the family. And you know what? When the child was picked up, he wasn't named right away. So, you know, nowadays when, when babies are born, you look at the baby, oh, and then you give them the name. Or, or, or sometimes you have it picked out for months in advance. That's true. It's like once you know the gender, you're like, okay, let's pick out the name. <laughs> I know. I know. When, we, when we were picking our kids' names out, we had these huge volumes, like 400-page uh, uh, books on uh, baby names. It's crazy. Yeah, well, in ancient Roman times, they did not do that. They actually waited uh, almost a week to 
name the baby. So what happened is eight days for girls, nine days for boys. They'd have what in nowadays would be a birthday party mm-hmm. where people would come over with gifts. Uh, that was kind of like a festival where they would pick out the name of the child. They would name the the heir. And so one thing that's important with that is, you know, I am who you say I am. Yeah. He has given us a new name. Also, at that time, the baby was given like this pendant that they would put around their neck. Uh, and it was for several different reasons, but one of them was uh, to show that this boy uh, what their status was a freeborn citizen of Rome. Wow. And wow. it was worn until they were an adult. Hmm. And so, you know, when, when we're born again, you know, the father, I believe he picks us up in his heart before we were even before the creations of the world. He chose us, the Bible says, before the foundation of the world. He literally picked us up and says, I choose you and we are a freeborn citizen in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So what does it mean to be a son or daughter of God? What are, what are the implications of that truth? It means that we are heirs and of God and co-heirs with Christ. You know, we the Bible says that we should be fruitful, multiply, take dominion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we are to rule and reign. Yeah. So one thing with that uh, is I talked to you about how the father would pick up the Mm -hmm. baby. Yeah, yeah. Well, what if the father did not pick up the baby? Oh, wow. So again, if the infant survived and it was placed on the floor, if the father did not pick up the child, what would happen is that that was a sign that— he didn't want the child. And you know what? Abandonment was an extremely common practice in the Roman world, especially hmm. for families that couldn't afford a daughter, you know, because daughters were not heirs. You know, it was only sons that were heirs. Hmm. And so it wasn't necessarily a death, death sentence, you know, for the baby that was abandoned. But what would happen is slavers would patrol the streets of Rome specifically for these infants. And upon finding one of them, they would take the baby and raise the child into a life of slavery. Oh, my. Yeah. And you know what? Slaves in Roman times, slavery was not about a specific race. You know, it was just anyone. And slaves, they didn't have any human rights, no possessions, no free will. You know, they were property of their owner. They could be sold and rented at any time. You know, their lives were harsh. They they didn't have anything. You mm. know, they were at the mercy of their owner. And so if you think about that, you know, when it talks about in the scripture verses that you are no longer slaves, oh, but yeah. children of God, co-heirs of uh, with Christ, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. You know, looking back when Paul wrote the scriptures and talking about we were not slaves, you know, we are Uh, adopted into the family of God, you know, this has major impact when you think about what was going on in Roman times, you know, where you were born into a family and the father, if the father didn't pick you up and he didn't choose you, you automatically either died or 
then went into a life of slavery. Oh, my. And so, praise the Lord, you know, when we become born again, accept mm-hmm. Jesus yeah. into our life, make him our, our Lord and Savior, uh, we are in his family. And Ephesians 1, 4, and 5, it says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, where we can cry out, Abba, Father. So when they heard the term adoption and sonship, that really meant something to them when it talked about slavery. They understood what it meant to be uh, or adopted into a family of wealth or a family of uh, great prominence. So being adopted into the kingdom of God, that, that imagery was really powerful for them. It really was because they were living, it was, it was so reality to them, this mm-hmm. slavery-free, uh, and you know what? Uh, there was no difference between a Roman free citizen and any other person, slave uh, or not. They dressed the same. So really, mm-hmm. you didn't know who was a free person and who was a slave. We all look the same mm-hmm. uh, on the outside, but really what sets that apart is mm-hmm. who we are and whose we are. And so when Paul was talking to them is— you're not a slave. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're male or female. If you're a female, you can still be an heir mm-hmm. of God. Yeah, that's really powerful. Absolutely. And you guys, it's so, so important that you get this revelation mm-hmm. because you are an heir of God, co-heirs with Christ. And it's important to us as believers to be walking in that. So being adopted into the family of God comes all the benefits of the family. Absolutely. All of the benefits of the family. Uh, In this world, we'll have many troubles, you know? And so even in this pandemic of the Mm -hmm. coronavirus, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, it may be well over. Uh, But we all, none of us were excluded. We all were affected by this COVID-19 pandemic. Mm -hmm. However, we had have so many benefits in the body of Christ being a believer that we mm-hmm. don't have to be afraid. You know, God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's a benefit. Mm-hmm. You know, God has given us peace. Uh, he's led us uh, into uh, paths of righteousness. All of those are benefits. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Now, Rebecca, as you stated before, we've been given the spirit of adoption. Can you talk about any lies or spirits that would try to come in and challenge? Challenge our identity in the family of God? Yes, yeah, so we know from the scriptures in John 10 10 that the mm-hmm. thief comes only, only, nothing else, only to steal, yeah. to kill, and to destroy. And you know what? Our true identity as sons of God is to be fruitful, multiply, take dominion, rule and reign. We are heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. So the enemy does not want that at all. No. No. So he comes to steal that, to kill it, and to destroy it. Mm. And so the opposite of sonship is really a spirit 
of an orphan spirit. And and so the enemy definitely does not want us to walk in our authority as a believer mm-hmm. uh, because we are co-heirs with Christ. And so he works very, very hard to keep us from walking in our true identity and our purpose. Yeah, His desire is for us to walk in an orphan spirit and not the spirit of adoption where we cry, Abba, Father. And so, and so, what are, what are some of the lies that uh, the orphan spirit will try to try to tell us? Yeah, so the orphan spirit is basically a sense of abandonment, loneliness, alienation, isolation, yeah. and so a couple of contrasting traits between the orphan spirit and the spirit of sonship yeah. is really um, the orphan spirit uh, operates out of insecurities, mm-hmm. uh, maybe jealousy, uh, jealous of the success of their the brother, you know, uh, brother or sister. Mm. Uh, they serve God to earn his love, you know, uh, they're they're driven by their need for success. Now, by no means is success bad. You know, mm-hmm. we we're driven. You know, we want to be successful, but if that's our sole drive, yeah. uh, these are some kind of um, attributes, so to speak, of this orphan spirit. Where mm. in a spirit of adoption and sonship, yeah. we function out of love and acceptance. We're committed to the success of our brother and sister. If they if they have a success, that's my success too. I celebrate with them. You know, we serve God out of divine acceptance and favor, you know, and we're led from our calling of of who we are and whose we are. One of the things that I've always seen, um, even when I've struggled with the lies of this spirit, is you're always trying to compare. You're always in competition. And and in a lot of ways, you always look and you say, there isn't enough. There isn't enough success. There isn't enough love to go around. There isn't enough. And so you have to try to protect yourself. Oh, my goodness. You have hit the nail on the head with that. Comparison is a killer. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And and so it's out of a place of lack and not enough. And, you know, one of the things that I was set free from was comparing myself, thinking myself as less than mm-hmm. I really was. And when I got that revelation and I became free of it, I had this newfound confidence. Yeah. And it changed my life, just that small little thing of, I'm accepted. Yeah. And one of the truths that really help you break free from that is knowing that God is abundant in all good things. So when when you recognize that every good and perfect gift comes from above, you can rest in that. And you don't have to try to perform to get it. You know that He has come to give life and life more abundantly. Absolutely. And you know what the thing is, is you, we may have had the perfect parents, you know, you may have had a pretty good, good life. Mm -hmm. uh, But still, even if we open up the door a little bit, the thief wants to come in like a raging flood. Mm -hmm. And, And so even if we've had a pretty decent life, Mm -hmm. we still may have, um, we still may have 
times where we're operating in this orphan spirit because we may have opened the door. Like for me, I opened up the door uh, and compared myself to others and made myself feel less than. Uh, and that was a door that I opened that um, I got set free from and it's closed now and locked. <laughs> Amen. Yes. I've seen some times where people, God's just delivered them and then they're just able to walk free from it. But I know a lot of people, even myself included, where it, it's a process of declaring the truth over your life again and again. And as you chip away at that, there's going to be more and more freedom. Like scripture says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And if we are connected to that family of God, there's a promise of freedom. Absolutely. You know, we go from glory to glory to glory, from revelation to revelation, and, you know, it is a process. And one thing uh, that we need to know is when we're set free and that thought comes back, we need to stop and say, that is not my thought. And you know what? How to combat that is the Word of God. So uh, <laughs> if uh, I get a thought and a feeling that, oh, I'm alone and I feel abandoned, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I'm the only one. I'm like, mm -hmm. no, that is not my thought. I am accepted in the beloved. Mm -hmm. You know, I am loved by my Father God. And so we combat it with the truth of the Word of God. So if we're going to function in our sonship as a son or daughter of God, we have to align our hearts with His to see ourselves as he sees us, uh, you kind of alluded to it. Who uh, you are? Who I? How, what? What? What's the the, the Hillsong song? I can't think yes, of it. Yes, yes. Uh, you have to. Who know. you say I am? Yeah, who That's, you say yeah. I am? We can say that. That yeah. works. Yeah, yeah. So who you are and whose you are, uh, and and really Jesus was. The, the everlasting father. He, mm. he came the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Mm. You know, he was a representation of who the father God is. So really Jesus came to do two basic things. To one, to bear the penalty of our sin. So mm. that number two, uh, so that we could experience, discover the perfect father. Jesus came to manifest the perfect father, the ultimate father. Mm. And everything about the kingdom that you long for comes from the Father. It comes through connection with the Father who doesn't reject you. Uh, the Father who heals every bit of brokenness. You know, do you know why there's healing? Well, because that's the Father's, the Father caring for his children. Why yeah. there's deliverance? Because uh, it breaks off the torment, off of the hearts of the people and off of our minds. He does it because he's a good, good father. And I think a lot of times, and you're kind of alluding to this, but sometimes we think when we come into the family of God, well, yeah, we have uh, hope. Like we have healing in our spirit, uh, we have eternal salvation, we have eternal life with Christ, but we also have wholeness in our soul. It's provided for us. We also have wholeness in our body. And if we can align our hearts to the Word of God, align our hearts by faith, we can tap into those things and receive all the benefits that uh, God has promised us as being a son or daughter in the kingdom. Absolutely. And you know what the thing is, is that uh, there's a baseline of what we all have in common, you know, uh, what uh, our benefits are in the kingdom. But each and every person 
All of us are so incredibly unique, our giftings, our callings, our skill sets, Mm -hmm. uh, that we as individuals have to dive in individually into God's Word uh, in in prayer and praise and allow God Himself, the good, good Father, to share with you who you are, because that is mind-blowing there. Yeah. I know that the the Lord has provided many garments for us to put on, the garment of righteousness, the garment of praise. But the truth is, if we don't actually put it on, it it really doesn't have a benefit for us in the natural. One thing that uh, is, is there's the armor of, of God, which we all know about, but there's the armor of light, and it says, put on... Christ Jesus, which mm-hmm. is the armor of like, put on the armor of light, put on on Jesus, you know, and so we have to, there's an action on our part. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Can you just talk about the impact of sons and daughters understanding and coming into their identity? You will walk differently, talk differently, live differently. Mm-hmm. It will impact every single aspect of your life. So true personally, professionally, relationally, every single area. And you guys, this is so important to know who you are, whose you are, that you are a child of God. Because you know what? In Romans 8, it says, Romans 8, 19, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Hmm. Verse 22, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until the present time. This is a prayer expression. It's deep intercession by all of creation for you to learn who you are. Wow. A revealing of who you are so he can be revealed through you. Mm-hmm. Verse 23, it goes on, and wait, there's more. There's more. There's more. Creation is groaning. Verse 23, not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. So we even groan inwardly, eager, eagerly waiting for the redemption of our bodies. And then in verse 26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groaning. So even the Holy Spirit is joining in on this prayer meeting. The creation is, we're groaning, the Holy Spirit is is praying, um, giving us the right words to say, and then also in verse 34, it says, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Mm -hmm. So Christ Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. You know, creation knows who we are. The devil knows who we are. God knows who we are, (laughs) and it's time that we know who we are. You know what? Nothing can separate us from God's love. Romans 8, 38 and 39, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither 
the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So recognize who you are and whose you are. And I want you to say this with me. I am amazing. I am God's greatest creation. He loves me to death and I rock. I was born to do greater works than Jesus. I was born for glory. Nations are attracted to me because I am so good looking and I have the mind of Christ. Therefore, I think like God. He's my inheritance. I'm his inheritance. And he actually likes me. And I like me too. Creation knows who I am. The devil knows who I am. God knows who I am. The angels, they know who I am. And today, I know who I am. Thank you so much for sharing this truth with us. I'm so excited about what God wants to do in and through uh, those that listen to this, this podcast. Thank you for listening, guys.